listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome everyone to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. I'm so excited today because I know that a lot of our audience is women and when they start on a clean eating journey or they're ready to take control of their health, they often say, you know, I'm tired all day. Why am I tired? Why am I losing my hair? Why are my eyebrows starting to get thin? Why is my face puffy all the time? Why am I retaining so much fluid, right? If this sounds like you, well, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Isabella Wins. She's an internationally acclaimed thyroid specialist and a licensed pharmacist who has dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease. And she had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's herself in 2009. So I am presenting the wonderful Dr. Isabella Wins. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Jen. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm super. I'm excited to be here because I know we have tons of questions about thyroid. I feel as though it's really an epidemic. It's on the rise. It's often misdiagnosed. And so having a specialist like yourself that can identify these symptoms, talk about ways for people to take control of their diagnosis and maybe find ways to get those symptoms gone, that would be super. So Let's dive into you. You're known as the thyroid pharmacist, right? Have you always been interested in thyroid health? No, I wasn't always interested in thyroid health. When I was in pharmacy school, I thought thyroid conditions were super boring. And I was like, well, you just need a little medication for that. And then there wasn't like a lot of choices of medications. So I thought that was super boring, right? And so it wasn't until I was diagnosed myself with Hashimoto's thyroiditis after just like a 10 year long journey of not knowing what the heck was going on in my body is when I became a Hashimoto's expert slash human guinea pig. I was amazed at how little I knew and how little I was taught about the root causes of Hashimoto's. I had learned that there was just one medication that you would give people when they had, when they had an underactive thyroid And I didn't know that there were other medication options that might be far more superior. I had just learned that there were older medications that didn't work as well. And then I also didn't know, and I wasn't taught about any lifestyle Mm -hmm. changes, any lifestyle factors that contribute to the condition and even make the condition better, get into remission and sometimes, sometimes even work better than medications. So I was on this journey to heal myself because when I got on the thyroid medications, I felt a little bit better, but I still had a really, really long list of symptoms that just did not respond to the medications like the fatigue, like the brain fog, like the pain in my body, cold intolerance, and just, you know, a whole long list of things we we can talk about that got better with lifestyle and functional medicine. Interesting. And I I know a lot of people often experience one or more of these symptoms, right? And they're often saying, maybe it's my old age. Like they're trying to figure out why do they feel these feelings? And then they go to their doctor 
and they look at their labs and they check, you know, probably for one thing and they're like, oh, you're good. And so is it accurate to say that Hashimoto's is commonly misdiagnosed? Absolutely. Unfortunately, people, even even women who are told that they have hypothyroidism, they oftentimes are not told that they have hypothyroidism, not because their thyroid is sluggish or lazy. Mm -hmm. It's because their thyroid gland is under attack by an autoimmune process. And this is known as Hashimoto's 90 to 95, sometimes 97%, depending on which literature you look at, reference source will talk about how Hashimoto's is the primary cause of underactive thyroid hypothyroidism. And so here's the deal though, most people get diagnosed in a very advanced stage of Hashimoto's. So you might have thyroid hormone abnormalities when you get diagnosed with hypothyroidism, but Hashimoto's may develop 5, 10, 15 years before that when you'll have a lot of autoimmune inflammatory symptoms like joint pains, anxiety, fatigue, just feeling unwell and, and get a misdiagnosis of something like a mental health disorder or anxiety, when in fact you have this inflammatory process in your thyroid gland. And so I'm a big proponent of testing, not just TSH, but also thyroid antibodies because they could pick up the condition like 10, 15 years before wow. the standard of care test can. Mm -hmm. My doctor that I go to, she's one of my good friends. She's a great doctor, but she's not a functional medicine doctor. And so I actually, and I've never said this before anywhere, but yes, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's beginning of last year. And the crazy thing is we have tons of clients with Hashimoto's. I've had one who tried everything. She spent tens of thousands of dollars just trying to get to the root cause and figure it out. And nothing ever happened. She just changed her eating in, inside of our program. Her thyroid shrunk three inches. She went from five medications to one medication within two months. Her energy was out of this world. She was like, Jen, you have no idea what this is doing for me. I'm in graduate school. I can actually stay awake and I'm excited to do the work. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that clean eating has had such an effect with someone with Hashimoto's. So take it back to me real quick is that I've been eating clean for eight, 10 years. And so my Hashimoto's symptoms were there, but it wasn't crippling. And I think it's because I have lived, you know, the gluten-free, dairy-free, preservative-free, refined sugar-free life. What got me was that I started to lose my hair mm -hmm. and I was going to my conventional doctor saying, why am I losing hair? Look, my business has taken off. And she kept telling me, you're stressed. You need to sleep more stress, sleep more. So I did everything to get less stress and to sleep more, but it was still falling out. Then I went to, and I had her on my podcast, Dr. Mignon Mary here at Remini Room. She's a functional medicine doctor. And she just went, got me this crazy blood work and saw my thyroid antibodies, saw everything. And she's like, yep, you have Hashimoto's. She did the whole ankle test for my reflexes. And it's funny, my husband actually calls me a sloth because I did love to nap all the time. Whenever in the car, I have to take a nap. And so she told me like, yeah, you got Hashimoto's. That's why you're tired. That's why your hair is falling out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I start diving in more. I even order your book, Dr. Wins, The Hashimoto's Protocol. My husband ordered it for me. He's like, she's the girl. You need to read it and totally taking control of my health. So the best way to test for Hashimoto's, you're saying, is the proper blood test, correct? Absolutely. So thyroid antibodies, the two that are well-known are going to be TPO antibodies and TG antibodies. 
And those may be elevated for decades mm. before you have a change in your TSH. And, and also working with a good doctor, like a functional medicine doctor, an integrative doctor. I know, I know I have a lot of friends that are doctors as well and pharmacists, and we're all well-meaning, but sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And so I heard the same things, you know, that you heard in my twenties that, oh, maybe you're just getting older or you're stressed. Yep. You know, you're starting a new job. You just finished school. Of course, you're going to be stressed out. Yeah. That can cause you to have these things. But if you have like a really astute practitioner like you did, they'll be able to dial in and say like, Hey there, let's look at some of these physical symptoms. There is, um, I will say thyroid antibodies are going to be more elevated and maybe like 80 to 90% of the time, but there is a small percentage of people that has something known as seronegative Hashimoto's where they, they do have Hashimoto's. They have the inflammation in their thyroid gland, but their body may not have produce the antibody response. And so just having a really great practitioner, if you've tested and if you don't have antibodies, but you're still having all the symptoms, that's a really good key to figuring out what's going on with you. And I know there's red flag symptoms and hair loss is one of them. Losing your eyebrows mm -hmm. is another one. Puffy face, you know, being sloth-like is, yep. is definitely a symptom. I was there. I remember I'm like, Ugh. man, I nap all day. This is amazing, right? nap all day. My husband, he would get up on the weekend. And he's like, why don't you want to get up? Like, I don't know. I feel like I could just sleep forever. It's wild. Tell me this. Do you have any insights as to why so many people are experiencing this autoimmune disease and why Hashimoto's is on the rise? Has it always been around or is it something we're being exposed to? That's such a good question. And so I, you know, there's always like the, they're like, oh, is the diagnostic, are the diagnostics getting better? Are we just diagnosing more people or are we getting better at finding it? Right. Um, is it just trending, whatever. And then there's all of these people asking those questions. And so one interesting study looked at blood that was frozen from decades ago, mm -hmm. and then they compared the thyroid antibody levels within that blood to the blood of current people living in modern life. And they did find indeed that the thyroid antibody levels were higher these days, right? So there is a trend for increasing thyroid antibodies. Now, there's a lot of different things that can trigger thyroid issues and women are especially susceptible to them. And so things like exposure to foods and unfortunately some of them more difficult to tolerate proteins like gluten that has been tied to higher rates of Hashimoto's. There's environmental toxins in outside of the house. So, so things like jet fuel can be problematic, but also things that we have inside of our house, fluoride in our water supply, even having mold exposure in our homes with, with some of the building practices changing. These are also things that can make us more susceptible there are kind of like modern, <laughs> I guess, modern approaches to beauty. So various types of things like Botox can trigger Hashimoto's, breast implants can trigger Hashimoto's. And so we're kind of living in this perfect soup of potential toxins and potential triggers. And I feel like we're not really thinking about how that's implicating our bodies. One thing that is a bit controversial in, I guess, the alternative medicine world, but not necessarily in functional medicine, not necessarily in conventional medicine, is iodine. So over um, many, many moons ago, 
iodine deficiency was the primary reason why a person would become hypothyroid. And iodine is required for proper production of thyroid hormones. It's a key nutrient. However, when we have too much of it on board, then we can end up with Hashimoto's, an inflammatory reaction to the thyroid gland. So there are a lot of different studies that were done in countries before they started adding iodine to the salt supply and then after. And the rates of Hashimoto's definitely increase with just that one intervention. And so one of the things I recommend for people, I've had I've had some lovely clients that were like, ooh, I'm doing lots of iodine and eating seaweed snacks and doing these things that they think they're that are good for them actually trigger Hashimoto's because for those of us that are genetically susceptible, iodine, too much of it can actually become toxic to the thyroid, unfortunately. Let's get back to being tired because no one can feel optimal or get on about their day and do everything they want to get done with being tired, right? So you have a new book, The Adrenal Transformation Protocol, which seems like a departure from your previous work to someone that might not actually realize that, hey, look, there is this huge connection between adrenal health and thyroid health. Can you talk about that connection? Absolutely. So just in my work and in my own personal journey, what I um, was first trying to feel better with Hashimoto's and I was experimenting with clean eating. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing about that, educating people. Because when I first started, I was like, oh, I need to be gluten-free. Let me just get a bunch of junk food, right? It's gluten-free. Yeah. And then of course my thyroid antibodies rose when I was eating too much soy and because that was highly processed and yep. I was on a blood sugar roller coaster. So it took a while for me to figure that out. And then I was like, okay, I'm doing mostly a real food diet. And I was, I was feeling great. I had a lot of things that improved. So my definitely some of my panic attacks and my anxiety improved and my carpal tunnel went away, my acid reflux, IBS, those things got better, but I was still struggling with like morning fatigue and a little bit of irritability, anxiety throughout the day and just fatigue throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so I came across something called adrenal fatigue, right? And of course, being a skeptical pharmacist, I'm like looking it up and I don't know, some websites like, well, that's not real. It doesn't exist. But I'm like, wait, I have all the symptoms. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, I have brain fog. I have fatigue. I have that second wind. I feel like I'm a night owl and my eyes are so light sensitive. I'm always craving either like salt or sugar. I'm feeling overwhelmed. What's going on? I definitely have all of these symptoms. And so I tried out the interventions that are recommended for this adrenal fatigue that doesn't exist. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have more energy and I'm less anxious and I'm not feeling overwhelmed. The world's a little bit better, right? And so I now believe that this is real, right? Yeah. And through with my clients, I found that more than 90% of them have some degree in adrenal dysfunction. And these are my Hashimoto's clients. So more than 90% will have some degree, and I would say majority of them have an advanced degree of adrenal dysfunction where we typically hear like cortisol is bad and too much cortisol is, it's true, too much cortisol is a bad thing Mm -hmm. that can be highly problematic in the body, but also not having enough of it can be an issue or when it releases throughout the day at the wrong times, that can be a problem as well. And so these are some of the very, very common patterns I see in women and, and, and men as well with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. And so the thing is though, they're also 
These patterns are also common in most people with autoimmunity, chronic illness, chronic fatigue, depression, mood issues, so on and so forth. So there's, I guess, to say it very succinctly, there's a big connection between the adrenals and thyroid gland. And we can get nerdy and talk about the mechanism of action, or we can talk about some of the other conditions. Yeah. I think it's important for us to talk about conventional doctors considering this adrenal fatigue as like a bogus diagnosis, right? You go in and I mean, for me myself, it's like, hey, I'm tired. I'm losing my hair. And my doctor, she's a really great doctor, but she's like, you're stressed. And that was it. There was no, I never knew there was an adrenal spray. I never knew there was ways to support my adrenal. I didn't even know what adrenals were until I went to this functional doctor and read your book. And I'm like, oh my God, I can take control of my own adrenals and I can identify whether I'm supporting them and detoxing them and if they're thriving or not thriving. I think it's important for us to touch base on that, I guess, that topic. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. So yes, it's a huge kind of controversy and old school naturopathic doctors had talked about this cluster of symptoms and they called it adrenal fatigue. The initial theory was that like our adrenals were tired and not capable of producing enough stress hormones, right? And so that theory has been disproven somewhat. So there is an adrenal condition recognized by conventional medicine known as Addison's disease when the adrenals are under autoimmune attack and they're not able to produce cortisol or other adrenal hormones. And so this is definitely the, a real condition, but the conventional medical world thinks this isn't the only condition. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. There is something called HPA axis dysfunction, okay. hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. And so if you look up the medical literature, there's a whole lot of literature on that. And what it is, is it is adrenal fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a different name for it. And AKA. <laughs> and it, it actually explains the mechanism of, of action, what's going on. And the way that I like to think about it, and your doctor's not wrong. It is a stress-induced condition, right? But mm-hmm. getting to the root cause of it isn't just like getting more sleep and taking deep breaths. Like getting sleep and deep breaths, always great, but like probably not going to be like life-altering if you are in that advanced state of adrenal dysfunction where um, what's happening is your brain and your adrenal glands, they're supposed to be communicating. They're supposed to be saying like, hey, we need cortisol in the morning to wake us up. Evening time, we don't need so much cortisol so we could sleep, we could produce melatonin, just really rest and repair our bodies. And what's happening is because of a prolonged exposure to stress, some of the receptors in our body that sense cortisol, our stress hormone, they can become desensitized or overly sensitized. And then the feedback that they send to the brain may be compromised. So a person might produce too much cortisol at the wrong times of day, or they may produce not enough cortisol. And it, it really is a communication breakdown between the brain and the adrenal glands. And, and that is kind of the accurate description of what's going on in the body. So the adrenals are capable of making the hormones. They're just not getting the right messages from our brain. Okay. And so uh, most integrative doctors, they'll tell you, you know, hey, quit. And I'm sure a lot of you listening have heard this. Hey, quit drinking caffeine. That's going to help you. You need to sleep more. Maybe you take some certain hormones such as the DHEA. Is this the approach that you recommend as well? Yes. I was like guilty of that. I was like, okay, 
you need to sleep more. You need to quit your caffeine. And yeah. we know that sleep deprivation is like the, the number one way, the fastest way to get into adrenal dysfunction. So just sleep, right? Yeah. <laughs> just quit your caffeine. It's easy. Yeah. And then I was utilizing hormones like pregnenolone and DHEA and some practitioners utilize prescription hydrocortisone to give the body the cortisol that it may not have. But then when I had my own third journey with adrenal fatigue, I was like eight months postpartum, definitely not sleeping because I had um, a, a sweet, cute little baby that liked to wake up and eat at night, right? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I can't sleep and I can't take hormones because that would mess up like the milk supply and whatnot. And I tend to break out if I take something like DHEA because of my genetic mutations. And so then I was like, there's no way in heck I'm going to give up caffeine, right? Like I had just started drinking coffee for like the first time in my life on a consistent basis. So I was like, and I know the coffee didn't cause me to feel this way. Yeah. So I wanted to figure out if there were other ways that I could send my body, like just reduce the stress and let my body know that it's safe. So it could switch into repair mode rather than fight or flight. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've kind of come to this realization, and that's been very humbling for me, and they say children are our greatest teachers, but I've had clients that were like addicted to caffeine and wine. And I was like, well, just quit the caffeine and wine and everything's going to be better. And what I've realized is like, those are just adaptations that people utilize, right? So they're self-medicating with the caffeine and they're self-medicating with the wine in the evenings Mm -hmm. to get themselves energy in the morning and to get themselves to wind down at night. And really the thing we need to do is we need to figure out how to rebalance their circadian rhythm so that they have lots of energy naturally mm-hmm. throughout the day and that they're naturally tired at night. And, and that, that's been really a big aha moment when I started utilizing some of the, the things that I we're going to talk about in this podcast that they can work in like two to three weeks versus some of the hormones and, and you know, like the quitting caffeine and all of that, like that can be really, really painful. Yeah. And that can take a few months for until you actually start feeling better, sometimes up to two years. Okay. So is that your adrenal transformation protocol? Yes. My adrenal transformation protocol focuses on finding out, figuring out why the body feels like it's stressed right now. Mm -hmm. Like what are the threats that you're getting from your external or internal environment And it's not always like sleep deprivation. Sometimes it's like a chronic infection you have in your gut. Sometimes it's an inflammatory food. Sometimes it's a history of past trauma. There's a a whole lot of different things that can contribute to our bodies feeling like under the, they're under stress. Sometimes it's just watching news from like 2020 to 2023 that can put us in that like fight or flight mode. Right. And so my approach is how do we let our bodies know that they're safe? So they switch over from that fight or flight survival mode into a thriving mode. And so we can focus on resting, digesting, and getting into our parasympathetic. And I call these like safety signals where we just send the body safety signals it can understand to to switch into that mode. Yeah. And for everyone listening, her book, The Adrenal Transformation Protocol, looks like it's a four-week plan to release stress symptoms and go from striving to thriving. Looks like you lay out a comprehensive, easy-to-follow program to help anyone who suffers from fatigue, poor memory, 
sleeplessness and more. So that is super cool. I know everyone listening will go check out that program designed to make it easy to get to that root cause of your symptoms, address your healing from every angle so that you can feel more energetic, clear headed and alive each day. I love that. So tell me this, you talk a lot about helping your body feel safe in order to heal. And we have to send these safety signals to our body, right? What do you mean exactly by these safety signals? Sure. So in very simple terms, it's like we want to counteract all the stress messages that we're getting. So if we are skipping meals for some people, if they're already in a survival mode that could send a message to their body that food is scarce and that the body in order to survive needs to slow down our metabolism, right? And so I kind of think of like the cave woman test. Like if you were a cave woman and if you weren't eating enough food or if you were eating food that's not nourishing to you or inflammatory to you, there's probably a reason for that. And potentially that reason could be a famine, right? And so if in order for our bodies to survive, our body will switch into adaptive state of like, hey, we're we're under stress. We need to survive. Let's slow down metabolism it would be really helpful to be sloth-like right now, right? And and like hide back in our caves and nap rather than be like out in the world and Ready. and burning too many calories. Yeah. And so our body kind of has this like switch where we kind of go into like a semi-hibernation mode when we're under prolonged stress for a significant amount of time. And so figuring out how to let the body know that we're safe is kind of been the focus of my work over the last decade and how to get the body to stop attacking itself. And I'm like, if I could only just like whisper to the body, like you're safe, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yes, positive affirmations and mantras, all of these things can be really beautiful and can be really helpful in getting ourselves to be more into in a relaxed parasympathetic state. But there's oftentimes a little bit of deeper work that we need to do. So if our body is sensing stress because it's undernourished, then the solution to that is to provide more nourishment, right? Mm -hmm. And so if one of the things that sends stressors to our body is like blood sugar imbalances. And so making sure that we're eating blood sugar balanced is going to be one of the key ways to feel better very, very quickly. And so I've gone through and I've, I've created 14 of these safety signals that we can utilize in our body. And the, the amazing thing is like, a lot of interventions out there, they're not like super pleasurable, like quitting caffeine. I've had people like, you know, I've been working with them and they're like, okay, goodbye. Like not willing to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then they've done that. No, thank you. Like I, or they've done it. And then they're, they're like, well, I quit the caffeine and now I have like no joy in my life and I'm still tired and all of these things. And so we're really focusing on making the body feel really, really good, feeling nourished, feeling rested. One of my favorite things is actually adding pleasurable activities. So like doing more of the things that you enjoy which sounds really, really basic. But like when we think about as adults, we are so focused on doing the tasks and doing the things we have to do Mm -hmm. that we hardly ever find the time for the things that we like want to do or just feel like doing in the moment. Yeah. We we're just being, a lot of us are automated throughout our day and we're just doing subconscious things all day and not realizing that like, Hey, go outside and just be in the sunlight or get fine. I know one of my clients, she said it was the first time in her adulthood because she finally found energy at the end of the day where she was looking for a hobby. She's like, I've 
I'm an adult and it's the first time I'm looking for a hobby. So now she is playing tennis and planting in her garden for the first time. So I love that. Tell me, do you have a story you want to share about a client that have seen some results with your protocol? Sure. I have a lot of different stories, but one, I'd like to share a few if if that's okay. One particular- Go for it. This was a lovely woman that was trying to lose weight and she just had been exercising a ton, right? And she was like, I'm not losing weight. And she was restricting her diet. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm not losing weight. And so I took her on as a client and my my message was like, okay, we're, we're looked at your adrenal function and you are in a state where you don't produce enough cortisol throughout the day. So your body doesn't give you a good enough stress response. And that can actually contribute to weight gain or not having an ability to control your weight and being fatigued, tired all of the time and doing things that we normally think are good for us, right? And and kind of the conventional advice of exercise more and eat less to lose weight actually sends your body more stress signals. So my recommendation for her was instead of doing like all this aerobic exercise, I want you to like get some rest and she loved painting. So I'm like, do a few hours a day where you just paint, like instead of like doing, going to the gym, why don't you paint throughout the day? Right. Right. And then we focused on eating nourishing food every two to three hours until she felt satisfied with it. And she was very like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this. Like I'm like on this weight loss journey and I've been trying to lose weight. And I was like, but you know, has it been working? Right. So you can always go back to it if this doesn't work. Exactly. And within a few weeks, she's like, you know what? I like, I actually lost weight. And like, also I feel happier. I feel better. And I'm like, not so brain fogged anymore. So this is a really big, um, big kind of myth that people have where they think it's like, they need to like, restrict themselves or be like very strict on themselves and be very harsh to themselves where when you turn it around and focus on just like really loving on yourself and giving your body Mm. what it needs, we can really quickly turn that around. The other common story that I have is people that come into my programs where they will feel very much overwhelmed and everybody is irritable. They have a hard time doing day-to-day tasks, just like taking care of their house or taking care of their children, just everything feels so overwhelming to them. And they have a hard time remembering things. They don't feel as sharp as they once did. And so within just a few weeks, what we can do is when we start boosting up their energy levels, they will start saying like, okay, one lovely lady was like, I'm like running up and down the stairs in my house. Like I'm doing so many things. Like I feel like I have this newfound energy and, you know, people in my life, they're less annoying, right? Yeah. I don't feel so overwhelmed. And a lot of times people's libido will come back to very quickly. So women will say oftentimes they're just like tired and not in the mood and like everybody's just kind of annoying to them. Mm-hmm. But once you really start filling up your own cup, people will start saying like, okay, like I actually like my husband or, you know, this is much yeah. easier than I thought it was. Help yourself and then you can help those around you and give more to them. And then your relationships flourish. That's what it sounds like. And I know you mentioned your first testimonial 
the girl who went to lose weight, often people are going to their doctors and the doctors are telling them, you know, you need to eat better and exercise more. And so what does that mean for people? Or they get a piece of paper that says, go gluten-free, go dairy-free. And now if you go to the supermarkets, everything's gluten-free and dairy-free, but it's these preservatives and inflammatory oils and the wrong types of flours. And so it's important to understand what's inside of your food, to get educated on it so that you can better serve your body that ultimately, like your story, Dr. Wins, serve those around you. So with that being said, how can everybody follow you, find out more about your work and how you can help them? Sure. So my website is thyroidpharmacist.com and I have a guide to the ABCs of adrenals. If they go to thyroidpharmacist.com slash ABC, that'll provide them with a little bit of information on the very ways they could fuel their bodies when they're in a stress response state to kind of shift back into more of a thriving state. And then I have a Facebook, which is Dr. Isabella Wentz, thyroid pharmacist. And you can find me on Instagram at Isabella Wentz PharmD. So awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. And I know that your protocol can help so many lives. So I appreciate the work you're doing. And for everybody listening, go check her out so that you can start identifying why you have these symptoms and understand how to take control of them. So thank you, Dr. Isabella Wins. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Music